The Red Hand is proudly partnered with Shredded Juice Bar, a fantastic local business based on Belfast's bustling Lisburn Road. Shredded Juice Bar stocks a range of fresh, healthy, wholesome and delicious foods and drinks. Fresh juices, smoothies, SIE bowls, protein pots, overnight oats, protein balls, salads and wraps. You can tailor our menu to your needs. Everything is served just the way you like it. We're all about feel-good food. Come and give us a try. We know you'll love it. We're open seven days a week. That shredded juice bar on the Lisburn Road in Belfast. We look forward to seeing you soon. I want to tell you about a new partner of the Red Hand, Andy Willis Strength and Conditioning. Rugby, even at an amateur level, has never been more competitive. If you're serious about feeling fitter, stronger, and gaining confidence in your body again while playing, then this could be your opportunity. Andy Willis is a rugby strength and conditioning coach, providing a first-class online strength and conditioning service for athletes. Andy provides his athletes with clarity, support, personalised performance programmes and sports injury rehabilitation. Andy would like to offer listeners who are serious about levelling up their game a consultation call to discuss their goals and how strength and conditioning could help you level up. Find Andy on Instagram at andywillis underscore sc for more information. wet and windy night in Belfast, Leinster managed to ride out a late Ulster storm with a 13 points to 20 win. Having beaten Leinster at home and away last season, Ulster will be frustrated by the manner of the defeat. A few critical moments, high penalty count and high number of errors on a difficult evening ultimately cost us. Ryan Bird scored Leinster's first and surprise surprise Dan Sheehan with the second off. You guessed it, the back of the mall for the second Byrne kicked a couple of penalties either side of half time to give Leinster a decent cushion. It looked like there was probably no way back for Ulster, but we did fight back bravely with a try from replacement hooker John Andrew. We probably should have had a second try, but unfortunately Ulster failed to ground the ball after a good chance to score in the corner, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Cooney's penalty later on made a game of it, but just about enough time has passed now to concede that Leinster, in fairness to them, showed enough grit to escape with what was a deserved win. So we're going to get stuck straight into talking about the game. I'm joined by Nathan Jones, Jeff Pajano, Ian Frizzell, and then myself. And we've balanced the, the panel today, two Ulster fans, two Leinster fans. So it's all going to kick off, undoubtedly. But we want to get stuck straight in here. And we'll start with just getting sort of an initial reaction. This is the morning after, the night before. Me and Ian are... Maybe I'm slightly grumpier than Ian this morning. He seems in good spirits. <laughs> I think it's because I absolutely soaked last night. Um, but we're just going to reflect a wee bit on the game and we'll get stuck into specifics. Uh, there's a few big talking points in that game last night. But I want to start with you, Nathan. So how accurately do you think that scoreline reflects the result? Was that fair enough, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think Leinster had one, what, at one point there, Mark Leinster, what, 17-point lead. Um They'll be absolutely furious in the early stages of the second half where they had set piece after set piece in the Ulster 22 that they didn't put the game to bed. Well, the game obviously was put to bed by that stage because the Ulster fight back wasn't enough, but they didn't didn't go on and score a third and potentially even a fourth try. I mean, you know, Ulster did well to hold them out there with the, you know, holding up a mall and then 
forcing a mistake at the line out. Um, but equally, you know, Ulster's fight, Ulster's come back in that second half. Uh, once once Jason Jenkins went off, funnily enough, um, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, but Ulster's fight back deserves a lot of credit. So you know, seven points. I think you know Leinster were by far the better side for an hour. Ulster were the better side by twenty minutes. Does this does the seven point margin reflect that? I mean, you could argue the, the toss about that a little bit, but I think overall, Leinster probably were seven to ten points better on on the evening, and I, I don't think either side can can have too, too many complaints about that. I, I grudgingly accept your points, Nathan, and I think uh, ultimately, well, well, we'll come to this, but I think Leinster uh, did dominate for a large uh, part of the game. Now, I'm slightly sore about it, but Ian, how do you feel uh, about last night? Do you think Leinster won that game, or was it one that Ulster handed to them? Um, do you, I suppose, are you happy with the overall level of Ulster's performance last night? Two part, uh, two parts there. Leinster won the game for sure, but uh, they were gifted quite a few turnovers, which had a big effect. Uh, you just cannot give easy turnovers, and they weren't just like single turnovers. Like we gave away the ball uh, and then compounded it by another error. So you know it was double jeopardy a, a lot of the times. Which allowed Leinster to keep uh, to keep us pressed back in uh, in our own half, and particularly once that that heavy rain came, it was literally impossible just to, for us to get the ball clear. So um, we weren't anywhere near the performance in the f- first half that we have been uh, in the previous two games. Leinster weren't they weren't really pressed. They impressed me enough. Uh, that they made fewer mistakes than we did in the conditions, but I suppose when you're when when you're not under the pressure that uh, that we were under, then it's maybe you don't make as many mistakes. So uh, yes, I mean Leinster won the game. Uh, we were at probably eighty percent. Um, so I leave it for the Leinster guys to decide whether it was a, a convincing performance from from them. Yeah, and that that brings us to Jeff then, and I suppose Jeff. I was watching the game live, as was Ian. Uh, certainly in the stadium, I got the sense Ulster were, were coming back into it and I really believed for a period of about 10 minutes that we would come back and, and potentially draw the game. But whenever you're sat at home uh, watching it, was there a sense of relief uh, or was it a pretty comfortable game and happy with Leinster's performance overall? Um, well, it was definitely relief at the end, the way it turned out. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're only seven points up and there's, uh, and there's you know and the clock's ticking down you, you you're happy right at the very end but uh, overall i think that um a feature of uh not just the leinster but irish teams in general in recent times you know we talk a lot about championship minutes in rugby uh just after half time but i think uh, i think irish teams have been putting a lot more emphasis on the uh, opening stages of the games and uh, ulster have done it as well i think they started they started well really well against uh, scarlets last week and, and then you saw the Irish um, team out in New Zealand. All three tests uh, started well. So and Leinster have done that as well this season. Um, and not just with the ball either. We've done it um, defensively. Uh, Ulster, when Ulster's first possession, I think around the 22, um, there was about 12, 13 phases. We were able to hold them out. 
um, in, in those early stages, kind of forced them into a kicking game then, um, you know, when they had the ball after that. And um, but uh, also, you know, when we had our chances, we were able to take them and uh, two tries uh, in the opening quarter was uh, is I mean, if you if you score first and uh, and you trust your defense, you know, you're going to win more than you lose. So from that point of view, um, I was happy with the performance. Obviously, you know, we, we let Ulster back into it later on. Um, and, uh, you know, that. You know, it, it did get closer towards the end, but I'd say, you know, from an overall point of view, I'd say I was happy enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, Leinster came away from a very difficult environment, coming up to Belfast on a on a, on a rainy night, and it was uh, sort of attritional, and they came away with the win, so you can you can be happy about that. I think, from an Ulster perspective, in some ways, we're it's a good fight back. Um, certainly at halftime I thought this could this could end up uh, being embarrassing you know I thought uh, Leinster could run away with it which it certainly didn't um having dominated for so much of the game as as we've all alluded to a lot of errors from from Ulster repeatedly coughing the ball up giving penalties away uh, and some poor decision making and uh, we'd come back to a couple of of key decisive moments that sort of cost Ulster lose and sort of more Subtle moments. There was one sort of obvious error from Sexton, unfortunately, um, and I feel, I feel bad for him uh, after this game for reasons that we'll discuss. But there was a, a quick line out taken, and then there was a decision to take another scrum, which we then conceded a penalty, and then Lancer went on to score from that. So, I mean, just key moments, key decisions uh, at various points in the game cost us. But again, there was a fight back in that game, and it was it was good to see, and it kept it dramatic, and it kept it interesting to watch. So. What would you identify as the major turning point for Ulster in that last sort of 20 or 30 minutes, which allowed Ulster to come back into the game? Um, I think Nathan maybe mentioned it uh, in his opening remarks. Uh, for me, it was the uh, around the 50, uh, 52 minutes. Um, uh, Leinster looked like they were going to maul over for another try and we got a maul turnover. Uh, it was a very scrappy maul and um, it was difficult to see just exactly uh, what happened, but the ref gave us uh, the turnover. Um, we got a scrum, which uh, we lost a penalty. Uh, and then Leinster uh, threw not straight from, from the line out. Uh, and off that, we, um, we won a penalty for them being offside uh, from the scrum. And we were able to clear our lines. That that was a big moment, but not just the play there. I think Leinster taking Jenkins off and bringing Ryan on was a turning point as well. Um, I thought Jenkins was was superb for them, uh, and uh, certainly in 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 the loose after that, uh, um, they missed him. We our mall then started to 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 rumble, and and that was. That was the uh, you know the big thing for us in the last twenty minutes was that we were actually making ground in our mall and and good ground and nice clean ball from it. So that to me that was that overall was the major that was the turning point. If Lancaster had scored the third there, there no doubt they would have gone on to get fourth, um, and and we repelled that and we were unlucky. I think at the at at, at the end maybe could have got the draw. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, um, we'd gained momentum and then repeatedly sort of throw away that momentum with, with penalties. It's very frustrating. But uh, in terms of other key moments in the game, um, absolutely 
gutting moment for Ulster fans and uh, Aaron Sexton alike. But Nathan, I want to turn to you now and get your view on Sexton's disallowed try. Now, I suppose the first and obvious question is, I was in the stadium and you were there and probably had a much better view, you had a perfect view of it. So you're up in the memorial uh, stand. From where I was sitting live, it looked like a tribe, didn't even think about it. Do you know, uh, everyone was celebrating uh, and the big screen, very hard to tell. So number one, Nathan, was it a try? Number two, what are your thoughts on a winger in that position not finishing the uh, that that great opportunity? Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting one because I was watching it in the pub and, and I actually thought there was a decent chance that even though the ball came out, it's one of those ones where it goes back and he falls on it. And, you, you know, you've seen one or two of those given. I think, look, it's very difficult. Once you start looking for a knock-on in that situation, um, it's very difficult to then see the black wall come out and you're not sure whether his upper body grounded or not, and it's very difficult to give. So I don't think there can be too many complaints about not giving it. And in terms of the winger, um, look, God love him. You know, you never want to put the boot in, but that's the most basic mistake a winger can make, put the ball on the outside on. Um, get the ball as far away from the defender as possible that's coming on your inside and you have to give Charlie Natai full credit he's come in and he's popped the ball out and um, he's shown every ounce of his experience there he's sh- seen a young player with the ball in the wrong position and he's and he's and he's cashed in but um yeah every winger from the age of from god knows how young gets taught in club rugby when you're running in the corner you get the ball as far away from the defender as possible and he didn't do that and he got and he had to pay the price and that's you know, pretty cut and dry and you'll probably have to watch a video of that in front of teammates and you'll have to say look yeah made a mess of that um does a different winger with more natural finishing instincts who's played more rugby someone like Balakun who's down with Merton Yardland does he finish that because he's just played a lot more senior rugby I don't know I think at that stage it's such a basic error that um yeah it's you just have to put your hand up in that situation um, for Sexton. And look, you feel bad for him. Um, and it's not the nicest thing in the world to say, but that, that's it costs it cost us a five-pointer there, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do feel bad and there's a lot of sympathy for Sexton. Obviously, a lot of criticism as well. But look, he's um, he's a young guy. He, he's thrown into a, a big game. A lot of her players, as you say, Nathan, are, are, uh, are away with the Emerging Ireland team. Um so look, it's uh, it's one of those things, and and we're certainly not here to, to put the boot in, but more just look at what happened and uh, and tell the story of the game. So that was that was a huge moment. And Jeff, what are some of the key moments of of that game in your view that we haven't maybe covered yet? Um, well, um, first I just just I mean the lads have hit basically all the key moments there, but I just want to add, maybe add a little bit to them if I can. Um, the uh, you talked about the the, the quick throw that uh, Sexton took before Leinster's second try, and I, I I talked earlier about our defense, and um, I think that the 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 fact that he took that quick throw, um, I think it, it's it's almost down to the defending that Leinster were doing the, the kind of the stingy defense that uh, teams know that when they play, if they have any chance any chance of getting. Um, uh, getting at us before we can settle. They they've got to take the quick throw, and I think that was they were probably told if you have a chance, take a quick take a quick tap, take a quick penalty, take this that the other. And uh, I think that that almost led to that. And and at that stage, it wasn't really on, and it kind of fell apart. But it's it was almost the the defensive pressure that caused that. I thought. Um, I also agree um, on the what Ian said about that uh, the little passage of play where um, we we just we got the crucial first score of the second half. And we stretched the lead to to, to beyond uh, three scores, but um, 
we had a chance to, to really get a third try and put the game to bed. We had a couple of five meter lineouts there. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I want to just throw some love to Kieran Treadwell here. Cause I think he played a big part both times. Um, there was a, the, the first mall, he got a grab of um, Sheehan and which meant that Sheehan wasn't able to break free of the scrum. He came right through the middle of the mall, got a, got a hold of him, um, managed to, to screw up the, the, the mall there. And then from the next line out, it was his jump, his jumping that, that threw off Dan Sheehan's throw. Um, it, it, Himself and Alan O'Connor were very good at uh, getting ahead of his throw. And they, they, they gave Sheehan man of the match. But I think he was putting under a bit of pressure. I think there's been a last week's game in that as well. I would have given it to Jenkins myself. But, um, the, you know, that was that, that was a, that was a key point that allowed, gave Ulster a chance to get back into it. And then, of course, Nathan um, made the point about um, the Natai's um, involvement in that the try. Yes, Sexton, any coach will tell you he should have had the ball in the other arm. But... Um, it was just a, it was such a crucial moment. And again, they felt you, you had to take the chance. That was right at the end of the Jimmy O'Brien yellow cards. Um, at that stage, it was really important that they did, they did get that score. He was just about to come on. They'd already gotten, um, I think, 10 points in that that phase. And they, they, they needed, uh, obviously needed that other score. Uh, but I think Nate did very well also. Um, we were a bit critical on our pod about him. His first couple of matches might have taken him a while to, to bet into his new team. But um, I think he's done well in the last couple of weeks coming on. Ironically, he's come to Leinster to play when um, Ringrose and Henshaw aren't playing. And uh, ironically, he's gotten a couple, bit of game time the last couple of weeks with the two of them on the pitch. And he's been in a winger's role. And that was it. He did. I thought he did well to get across. Yeah, Sexton made a mistake, but he did well to get across yeah, and make yeah. the knock on. So that was a crucial uh, That was a crucial time there. Yeah, credit or credit's due for getting across making that tackle regardless of, of um, any criticism or technique of, of Sexton. Amazing cover tackle. Uh, I suppose in terms of other moments, uh, there's uh, early, uh, I didn't realise this until after the game, all I saw was a big hit. There is a, a, a Henshaw shoulder to the head of Stockdale, arguably a red card. I would need to say it again. I've, I've seen it sort of slowed down um, and people have pointed that out since I've seen it on Twitter repeated a few times. Um, and uh, a, a potentially a key moment to miss there. Uh, 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 the other the other general point they're supposed to make is not a game for wings or fullbacks. Uh, treacherous conditions. Uh, a lot of high balls put up. A lot of box kicks and up and unders. Lowry did struggle. Of course he did. Um, as as did some of the Leinster back three as well with the high ball. Um, a few few knock ons and things like that from Lowry. Very slippy ball, and you could see out there. Do you know it was uh, it was not easy. Uh, and so I wouldn't place it. I could never criticise Mike Lowry as, a, as an Ulster fan because uh, he's a he's a legend, and and certainly c- couldn't question his skill levels. It was just a question of the uh, the conditions. Now, in terms of ind- individual performances, Nathan, uh, who are the Leinster players who impressed you most last night? Very quickly on that Henshaw thing, I'm shocked that it wasn't uh, stopped. The game was stopped, and TMO didn't intervene. Uh, for me, I think I think the initial contacts. Is that I I've only seen the same grainy Twitter footage as you. For me, the initial contact actually is with the ball, and then he rides up. So I think if they do look at it, I think he gets away with the yellow. To be honest with you, I think I think Brace has enough there to mitigate it then. Um, but yeah, it was very high speed. I'm surprised it wasn't um it wasn't looked at. Um, in terms of Leinster performance, uh, Jason Jenkins by omission. Watching live, you never very few people actually notice someone's impact in a mall or power game until you go back and you specifically look for it. But then the fact that James Ryan came on and. James Ryan is a very good line-out athlete in his own regard. And Leinster's more defence went to pot with, with that change. And so that's, you know, a credit by omission there for Jenkins. Um, 
Ryan had to pull out of the game last week, last minute with an injury. I wonder, was was there anything lingering there? Because for Leinster's lineup mall to be that underpowered when he went when Ryan came on is uh, either a concern or he wasn't 100% fit. Um, and for, for his sake, I hope it's it's the latter. Um, you know, we've mentioned, uh, obviously, Dan Sheehan's man of the match. I, I actually think he was very well-deserved. I think um, if you look at his car, I think he had like at one point he made 10 carries in the game and seven of them were game line breaks. And in a game like that, when so much so many of the carries you're making are in the tight exchanges because it's wet and you're running into, into heavy defenders around the fringes, to get that many gain line successes is a testament to his his power, but also his footwork. I mean, I think Dan Sheehan's probably one of the forwards with a better set of feet in, in world rugby at the minute, and his ability to always break a gain line because of it is it's fantastic. And in a game like that, it was so valuable. Um, and it's funny. I mean, you just said there, Ian, the outside. It's not a game for the outside backs in those in those conditions. Um, but I think in that regard, then you need those players to kind of have one or two big impacts to change the shape of the game. And I think for Leinster, they did. If you look at Gary Ringrose was decent defensively all day, but the one piece of attacking play he had to do, he gives a ridiculous pass under pressure. Um, granted, the rain hadn't completely started chucking down yet, but the ground was still wet and the ball was still wet. And he gives that pass under pressure and it transfers from Carney to Baird for the score. Um, There's a couple of moments that Ulster could have done something similar and didn't. Um, Jordan Larmer came off his wing once and made a massive breakdown turnover. Charlie Natai had the, the Aaron Sexton tackle, but equally a few minutes later, there was a counter ruck. Um, and breakdown turnover that he initiated, Natai. Um, and even Dave Carney had had one or two, as much as the back three struggled in the air, he had one or two aerial takes that, that kind of just grabbed a little bit of momentum back for Leinster. So collectively, Leinster's outside backs all had two or three moments that just bought enough momentum that in the time game you need. Whereas in, you looked at the Ulster outside backs, they just didn't have that same level of impact on the game. Um you know, Luke, Luke Marshall didn't come into the game as much. Stu McCluskey didn't really come in into the last couple of minutes when he had that exchange with Mike Larry that sent Sexton over in the corner. And then equally, he made that big carry for um, O'Brien's yellow card. But it was only in the last 20 minutes that that started coming in from him. And for someone who's so impre- integral to Ulster's attack, you just needed more from him, I think, a little bit. Um, poor old Mikey Larry, just the first half just kept dropping balls. And we know that he needs to have impacts if Ulster are going to be successful. Um, Moxham and Curtis coming off the bench didn't have the same impact that someone like Anatai had um, in, in, in game-changing moments. Um, they didn't. I think that was the difference. Leinster's players kind of came in and looking for those for those moments. Um, so I think those guys really did impress, and, and ultimately that was kind of that was a big difference um, for them compared to their the outside backs for Ulster. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose Ian, look, they're a disappointing evening overall, but I think there were some good Ulster performances in there. So, in what Ulster players uh, stood out for you last night? Um, they certainly weren't wearing nine to fifteen. Um, I thought we we battled well in 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 the forwards. We mentioned earlier about the about the mistakes and 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 again, just picking up on on something Nathan said there about uh, Dan Sheehan uh, and his carries, ten carries. Or something, and, and and seven of them very positive. We had we had guys when we weren't making massive yards, but we had guys who 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 carried well. Uh, I know you uh, a note down about Timony, so I'll not steal your thunder on that. I thought Timony was was superb. I thought of 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 the back row forwards. Uh, he was probably just a a, a close second to Van der Fleer from from a back row perspective. Um, but looking at the, uh, the at those carries, we had we had Herring, I think, dropped the ball twice. We had Warwick uh, spilled the ball. 
I know Timothy spilled the ball a couple of times. You know, there's four or five instances where 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 we turned the ball over far far too easily. Um, uh, so yeah, Timothy was was very impressive. I thought Dreadwell was very impressive. I I I I tend to get dragged into reading Michael Sadler's uh, uh, ratings in the Belfast Telegraph, and I always come away totally uh, and utterly disgusted with some of the things he says. He gave Treadwell a four out of ten last night. And I thought Treadwell was was uh, absolutely superb last night. He, he, <laughs> I agree. He, he made an absolute, uh, made him, uh, Jeff had said there, he made himself uh, a menace in, in the lineouts. Uh, I think we turned the ball over three times against Leinster in the lineout. That doesn't happen uh, all that terribly often. Um, so th- those two for me were the standouts. For Ulster, I thought John Andrew did very well when he came on. Um, uh, obviously, uh, you get maybe an easier ride at the back of them all, but um, th- those two, um, those two guys uh, certainly uh, were didn't disgrace themselves. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there were there were a few good performances there. I'm shocked. I'm shocked at that rating of Treadwell. To be to be honest, in fact, am I am I shocked? I'm not that not surprised, but I, I no, 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 I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's, that's what the guy, that's what the guy does, but um, he certainly wasn't watching the same Treadwell I was watching. Yeah, absolutely, same. Um, so, in terms of the 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 key matchups, Jeff, um, there, I suppose there are a few interesting battles going on. There's McCloskey. Henshaw, um, and then there's the obvious sort of forward battles as well. So in terms of the key areas of difference, where do you think the quality was such a stark contrast last night uh, in, in those in, in those matchups? Yeah, I think um, I think like I've said it already about about our defending, but I, th- I think it's it was in our defensive reads off, especially off strike plays and stuff like that. I think that was a, that was a big factor. Um, I mean, Nathan's already said how uh, Stuart McCluskey was uh, w- only came into it in the last, well, maybe the last quarter or so, but uh, that was more because, you know, um, they, they, they use them a lot on crash ball and stuff. And I think our defensive uh, was, was kind of ready for that in certain times, not just, uh, not just Hens- Henshaw and ring rows as well. There was one time he ran into a choke tackle just after Sexton came on. Um, I thought that choke tackle was maybe given a bit early, but still he was, he was still held up and, uh, and, and they, they kind of knew where he was going to be. And it was kind of uh, that, that was probably the key difference why a lot of the plays um, uh, broke down. And, you know, uh, the, 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 there were a lot of turnovers. There were a lot of drop balls. Um, but I, I, I think again, I think it was a lot of down to um, just the, the the overall organization of defense. Also, were pushed back a good few many times. They went through seven, eight, nine, ten uh, phases um, in a series, and uh, they were pushed back. So I think I think that played a big part. But also the scrum. Um, we we won a good few scrum penalties. We had a good few shoves. A lot of it was was down to Jenkins. You could you could pretty much see that that uh, that the shove was coming from the second row um, uh, when 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 we were getting a nudge on. But it wasn't just it wasn't just when he was on. We got a really good scrum right at the end when we needed one. Uh, it's a big shove as well, and Bandiflier followed it up, and that that put an end to the match at the end. So uh, it was really really impressed with our tie eight. Um, but. Um, uh, just on an overall point, and this isn't an individual matchup, whatever, but I think this this made a difference as well. It's it's when the rain fell, when the rain came, that particular, it, 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 it we started with the first 20, 25 minutes. That's when Leinster built their lead. I said, we got off to a good start. 
that's when the rains came down. And you, when you're trying to chase a game, it's the last thing you want. And uh, it, it went right to, to just no luck at all in that sense. Um, it was it's a lot easier for us just to kick the ball away and try to force force turnovers then. And uh, and then it stopped Then it stopped again in the second half. But by then, um, you know, there, there probably wasn't enough time to call it back. So I think that was a key difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of... Um... Uh, you sort of alluded to it there. There's a few big sort of matchups in the pack. I was just looking, just on a on a very basic level, looking at the the, the various individuals involved. Um, you look at Leinster's front row. So you've got Michael Porter and Dan Shane in particular there, and uh, Alatoa as well. But in terms of uh, the, the the physicality, the sheer physicality and athleticism, I was looking at, for example, a matchup between Warwick uh, and this opposite number Andrew Porter, and then you've got. John Andrew and Dan Sheehan, and you, you you're just going like there's not the same level of physicality there. That our our guys just not through lack of effort, but there's just some physical uh, mismatches there in terms of overall quality. I mean, like, I'm very reluctant to to to, to criticise guys, but I, I just think like, in our pack, uh, which is where our games uh, are, are are won and lost, uh, there's some guys who are maybe just not up there. In terms of uh, in terms of absolute sort of high end quality that Leinster have, Leinster have significant significant depth. They also have significantly more resources and player pool than Ulster, uh, so that's nat- natural enough. But uh, look, in terms of ball carriers in the pack, uh, alluded to it there earlier. Uh, Nick, Nick Timoney carried for forty meters more than any other Ulster forward. Again, not through lack of effort from Ulster, but I think the next highest carrier was carried for seven metres. It doesn't mean that they didn't get their hands in the ball. They just weren't going forwards. They weren't breaking the gain line. And that's an issue. You lose momentum uh, in terms of uh, draining players. Whenever you repeatedly hit the ball up and you're not going anywhere, that's draining. You end up just putting it up in the air, which happened quite a lot of the time. So... Like on a basic level, Leinster obviously have key players in, in, in the pack. I, I, and just very briefly in terms of the back line, I actually thought McCloskey was excellent defensively. Uh, he put in put in a, a good number of tackles, few sort of uh, choke tackles, holding players up, buying us a bit of time. I thought Henshaw was had a good game, but kept relatively quiet you know, going forward. And our, our replacement props also had a big impact as well coming on. Marty Moore, I, 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 I sound like a broken record, Marty Moore's class. I just think he's he's an amazing player. came on. Uh, it's not glamorous <laughs> in the same way that, that that some other players, even even certain modern props are, but the, the impact that he had was very noticeable um, and it really gave us dominance at the scrum. So just as, as we finish off here, Jeff, uh, Leinster arguably not at their absolute best despite the win. Uh, what are your thoughts on the season ahead? Does that inspire you at all? I mean, getting a getting a, a win away in the difficult, difficult conditions, um, where does that leave Leinster for this season? Yeah, no, it's a, we're definitely in a good spot. I mean, we'll definitely take take four points on the road all day long in, a, in, a, in an interpro like that. That's always going to be tight. Um, and when looking at the season we've had so far, I mean, three wins from three, definitely take that. Um, we've got we spoke earlier about you know, new players like Jenkins and Natai. They're settling. They, they're settling in well. They're they're putting in performances. They're standing out. Um, we're we're getting off to good starts in in all our matches, so that's good. And we're we're playing well defensively. So there's always room for improvement. I mean, like you say yourself, we weren't definitely weren't at our best last night. We there were, we we could have pushed on and and maybe scored some more. But um, you know. Uh, 
the way the South African teams are playing now. Last season, South African teams started badly and then got better later in the season, but they've started well this season. Two of the teams, I think, won uh, just last night. So um, it's important to, to get the points on the board now. So I have to be happy with that. Uh, Nathan, what will Leinster take away from that game? Uh, how deflated uh, should Ulster be? Or are there any positives to take away? I want to force you to think there's some positives for Ulster. <laughs> Uh, from a Leinster point of view, uh, in eight months' time in a Heineken Cup final, Jason Jenkins needs to be finishing the game. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty simple. Or they need Joe McCarthy back uh, from Emerging Ireland, and they need him performing that role off the bench. They need to have a like for like there. They're just it just has to happen. Um, from the Ulster point of view, look, we kind of talked about the power game a lot. I think look, let's let's give Ulster a bit of success. Um, they made you know they beat more defenders, thirteen to six uh, from Leinster. Um, they had more offloads than Leinster, five to three. And uh, they made Leinster make a hell of a lot more tackles um, than Ulster. Leinster made 128, uh, Ulster made 115. So that last 20 minutes had an impact on those overall numbers. So as much we talk about Ulster being underpowered in the first hour, and they certainly were, um, the forward carriage was running into brick walls all day um, in, in terms of that Leinster defensive line, which we spoke about, Peter, we spoke about before, how you know, Leinster would just leave and have the ball on the deck and then just two-man tackles the whole game and knock Ulster back and, and they did so that that's concerning that that was clearly going to happen you know if me and you can call that two, two days before the game Ulster's problem solving wasn't wasn't good enough there um but we we kind of mentioned it before against Scarlet's as, as good as the offloading game was the forward tip on game wasn't there um it's a wet game it's a wet game I know that but so a wet games always suit the more powerful sides um because skills don't come into it as more uh, as much um but I don't want to fall into a trap here of, of saying you know, Ulster are skilled side and Leinster aren't skilled and how Ulster beat the Leinsters of the world is with their skills. Because, you know, if you look at skills under pressure and skills in the West, Leinster, Leinster's was better. Um, you know, you mentioned Lowry's drops. Uh, Leinster had one opportunity to score a backline try because let's be honest, uh, in a game like that, when you're 17 points down, you're not going to overturn a 17-point deficit with Malls because Malls are just too time-consuming in a 20-minute period, which is when Ulster had their ascendancy. So they needed to score that one backline try and they had the opportunity to do it. And obviously Aaron Sexton's skills let him down. In the first half, there was another opportunity. Uh, fair play, you know, Ian mentioned that 9-15 wasn't very impressive for Ulster. I agree. Um, but to give John Cootie credit, he made one good decision where he spotted a mismatch. He had Timoney and Stockdale down the short side against Mike Alalatoa. He went down the short side. Timoney slips, gets back to his feet, has an opportunity. Larmer has to come in because he realizes Alalatoa is his mismatch. So he has an opportunity to pass on the outside of Larmer and send Stockdale in from 40 meters out. Um, and he decides not, to, he's under pressure, the ball's wet and he's just falling. He decides not to give that pass. Um, and I, I, for me, he has an, even though he falls, he's an opportunity to give that pass. Contrast that to Gary Ringrose, like we said earlier, giving that pass for the Ryan Baird score earlier. Just little things like that. Um, Ulster's skill set needs to be better to compete against these teams that they're underpowered against and they need to back it. And that's, that's a little bit of a concern that they, they didn't necessarily back it in key moments, whereas Leinster did. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm cautious of, comparing teams at this because at this level when you're talking about power and skills the difference is, is so minute we're talking tiny percentages here and um, i'm not saying that ulster are a weak side or, or leinster are a vastly more skilled side but you know in big moments like that in tight games those big those tiny percentage points make a difference um and, and that, that's why from an ulster point of view they're, they're certainly positives but but i would be concerned because it's 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 similar stories in terms of the power game and then now what they should be more advantage advantage advantages at in skills, uh, it let them down last night. So that's that's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And look, in terms of uh, in terms of getting dominance at the breakdown, getting quick ball, 
Uh, that all stems from the ability to carry over, say, even make two meters, get over the gain line. Leinster are forced to 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 reset defensively, commit players to the rock, get the ball away quickly, and we just don't have the ball carriers at the minute to do that. Apart apart from the likes of Timoney and, and Furness Treadwell, put in a very good shift in that regard as well. Again, not through lack of effort from the other guys, but just uh, sheer physicality. The other thing, Nathan, as you, as you alluded to there, was the, the there's a number of talk, talking about skill levels and tip-ons and things like that. A few times, it, it is, it's just a case of adapting to the conditions. Uh, there was one in particular, I think it was Tom O'Toole. Tom O'Toole took the ball, took the wee tip-on pass down the war, knocked it on, and um, uh, you're just like, that doesn't add anything in that circumstance in, the, in those close quarters. Stick it up your jumper. I mean, that's it's a cliche phrase, but for good reason. But, but but equally, I mean, we look at we look at Leicester Ross Maloney still before the massive chuck rain chuck down, admittedly, but still with a wet ball on a wet deck. You look at Ross Maloney was pulling two or three tip on balls, and um, when Leicester were attacking, mm-hmm. so again, it's just that extra one or two percent at, at this stage that still that still separates this these two sides, and it probably is those things are probably worth a seven a seven point lead to be honest. Yeah, yeah, um, and look, uh, we'll give you the final word here, Ian. So based on that performance, what do you think Ulster will need to go away and work on and what are we lacking? And we've alluded to it there a bit, but is there anything else that you think we're lacking that will take us to that next level to allow us to get a win in a game like that? Yeah, um, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be involved in the uh, design team that uh, that designed the new uh, the new stadium there in Ulster, and I think we need to go away and design a roof uh, so that when the <laughs> rain does come, we, we can slide it across. But um, no, look. I'm not. Uh, you, you said this uh, uh, this morning there that um, I, I'm a bit a bit sharper than than, than you were. Um, I'm not totally despondent. Um, I'm I'm always uh, a glass half full man. So yes, there was there, there was there was a lot of little individual mistakes there, but um, I don't think we have to work on an awful lot. I'm contrasting from last week against Scarlets, and you got to first thing you got to say is you're playing probably the best team in the league. Um, you're playing a team that you've alluded to who, in the third game, uh, are virtually full strength. And you know we're still struggling to get a couple of uh, a couple of uh, big players back into the onto the pitch. You know we're missing three three guys there, internationals, uh, Henderson, Vermeulen in the pack and Hume in the backs. So that's going to have an effect on any team. So I, I, I'm not too despondent. Certainly, I'm sure Dan will look at a few things over the uh, over the course of the, the beginning of the week before he starts to prepare us for Ospreys. Well, that's it, Ian. We don't have the depth of a team like Leinster. They're able to bring guys like James Ryan, Johnny Sexton off the bench. And crucially, we're without Hume, Henderson, Balakoon, Vermeulen, all those guys that are away with the emerging Ireland team. Granted, Leinster have guys away as well, but because of their sheer depth, they're able to put out a full-strength team and a stacked bench, which always is going to help in those energy-sapping conditions. So I'm certainly encouraged by the fight that Ulster put up in the second half. The execution wasn't perfect, but many of the errors made are fixable. I still think Ulster are one of the top teams in the URC. We can write this game off as a learning experience. It was certainly a game that on another day we could have won against one of the top teams in the URC going full whip against us. So anyway, thanks guys for joining me this morning. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Uh, tell people about the Red Hand podcast. 
uh, share it, get the word out there. We have a couple of articles going up about this game. I have a load of interviews planned for this season, so stay tuned to the Red Hat for top quality Ulster content. Our Patreon's there as well if you appreciate uh, the work that we do. So thanks again, guys, uh, to Nathan and Jeff. Congrats on the win. And Ian, as you say, let's stay glass half full. As it's still early days, there's plenty more opportunities to right those wrongs over the course of the season. Thanks for listening. William Carlyle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets whilst losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Programme. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone or pen and paper to write down my social accounts. On Instagram, it's at William Carlyle Coaching. On Facebook, it's just William Carlyle. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop me a message and let's chat. I want to introduce the Red Hand listeners to a fantastic business who support the podcast. Hill Fitness is Northern Ireland's leading home gym equipment provider. Whether you're a total beginner buying your first weight set or a strength training veteran creating your dream home gym, Hill Fitness have you covered. From dumbbells to squat racks, gym flooring to exercise bikes, Hill Fitness have everything you need and more. The Red Hand listeners can receive an exclusive discount of 5% off their first order in-store or online. Just use code RED5, all caps, at the checkout. Check them out at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. That's discount code RED5, all capitals, for 5% off your first order at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. Hill Fitness make amazing home gyms happen.